Our reading this morning is indeed from Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 44. Luke records, Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. And on the Sabbath he taught the people. And they were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. And in the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. And he cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed. And they said to each other, What words are these? With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits, and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and he went to the home of Simon. And now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and began to wait on them. And at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of the many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them, and he would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place, and the people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them, but he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In today's reading of the gospel, um, it, it, it immediately it follows last week's reading. Uh, truth is, if we were to read the end of last week's scripture and the beginning of this week's reading, it would go like this from Luke 4, 30, 31. But passing through their midst, he went away, and he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. And last week, you'll recall that we heard that the people of Nazareth 
responded to the epiphany of Jesus by trying to throw him off of a cliff. And we read further, therefore, that Jesus went away, which is the way things work. If he's rejected, he over and over he moves on. And today's reading tells us where he went when he left his town of Nazareth. He went to Capernaum. And once again, the people marveled at his teaching. And he preached with authority. And there's a similar account in Matthew that helps us understand what it means or what it meant to teach with authority. In Matthew 7, verses 28 through 29, it says, When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. So apparently, the scribes taught by quoting other authorities, not their own authority. They were quoting somebody else. So it might go something like this. A scribe would say, well, one important rabbi said this, and another important rabbi said that, and still another rabbi said something else. Entirely different. And by the time that they had finished quoting all of the conflicting views from all of the important rabbis, the listener had no better understanding of the truth, the truth of the text, than when the scribes began speaking. Have you ever listened to somebody like that? Was that, what did I just hear? Now, on the other hand, Jesus pointed to the text of Holy Scripture. Jesus unpacks its meaning very clearly so that, that the hearer knew what it meant when he was finished. And the meaning might bring the terror of the law or the meaning might bring the comfort of the gospel. In either case, the meaning came through with clear confidence from the mouth of Pastor Jesus. As great as Jesus' teaching was, there was a being in the synagogue that day who could not stand it. In Luke 4, 33, 33 and 34, we read that, And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That'd be a little unusual. The clear preaching of the Word of God can only bring terror to the evil angels who join Satan in his rebellion against God. The truth is this, there is no comfort for them, the demons, and there is no salvation for them, the demons. There is only a future of eternal punishment. In fact, in James 2, he says, the demons believe and they shudder. 
God created the unclean demons originally as good angels, and then they rebelled. And the unclean demons are all eternal beings who have existed since the time they were created during the six days of creation. And they know that they are creatures of God, and they hate him. And as beings who have lived from the dawn of time, they know, they know that the Bible is true, and they hate it. They hate the word of God. And they know, they know that God loves you, and they hate you. Now let's notice also that the demon showed up in a synagogue. And this teaches us that demons, they have no respect for holy places. In fact, they seek out holy places so that they can corrupt them. And although the demon was obviously acting out on, his, on this particular day, we cannot assume that anyone in the synagogue had any idea that this man was demon-possessed. He may have been a respected member of the synagogue community. Who knows if, well, who knows how much damage that he could have done being demon-possessed as he was possibly a respected member of the synagogue community. But now Jesus is there, and the demon can no longer go undercover. No longer in this man is he hidden. And the presence of the Holy One of God is more than he could stand, as he said. And the fact is, his cover's blown. He's been made. The jig is up, and his only choice is one last act of rebellion. And Jesus rebuked him, saying in Luke 4, 35, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done no harm to the man. The fact is, there's no contest in this. this. This Jesus is the word of God in the flesh. The flesh, the word became incarnate in the flesh. And just as God created this demon as a good angel through that word, so also that same word orders this rebellious demon to leave. There is power in the word. In Luke 4, 36, they were all amazed and said to one another, what is this word? For the authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out. That uh, demonic out, outburst, it actually backfired. That last act of rebellion. Because now all the people in the synagogue know that Jesus has the authority and the power to command demons. And the demon has inadvertently provided an opportunity for the people of Capernaum to have an epiphany. And it's not surprising that we read in Luke 4, 37 that reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Yeah, that's not surprising, right? 
That's not every day, every Sunday, thank you, Lord, or any that I've been about that demons have been passed out. But I would imagine y'all would go out these doors and you ain't going to believe this. Now, as amazing as the things were in the synagogue, that day it's not over yet. There's more to come. And we read that it was custom for one of the members of the synagogue to provide the Sabbath meal for the teacher of the day. And so it was that Jesus went home with Simon, Peter. And in the course of normal conversations that happen at such occasions, Simon mentioned that his mother-in-law was very ill with a high fever, and high fevers usually led to lead to something else, don't they? So once again, Jesus demonstrated his power and authority. How? Well, Luke 4.39 tells us he stood over her, and he rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Notice that Jesus rebuked the fever. And the word rebuke is the same word used to describe Jesus' words to the demon in the synagogue. He rebukes demons and he rebukes fever. The exact same power and authority that cast out the demon has also the authority and power to cast out the fever. And the healing was so complete that Simon's mother-in-law needed no period of recovery that instead we read that she was immediately able to resume her vocation as hostess. And it didn't take long for the word to spread. And as soon as the sun went down and the Sabbath was officially over, everyone from the surrounding countryside brought their sick and their injured friends and relatives to Jesus. And Jesus healed them all. He even dealt with several people, several who were demon-possessed. And the common thread through all of these events is the power and the authority of Jesus. We read that he taught with power and authority. He rebuked demons with power and authority. He rebuked a fever with power and authority. Authority. Jesus speaks to nature, and nature listens and obeys. Jesus speaks to spiritual powers, and they listen and obey. And a little word from Jesus has power and authority over all things. Think about the waves and the wind. He rebukes them. Jesus brought his power and authority to us in order to undo the terrible damage that sin has done to his creation. Every sickness that he healed, every demon that he cast out, every person that he raised from the dead was a reversal of the curse of sin. And every healing was a sign that pointed forward to the ultimate healing that Jesus worked on that cross for us the ultimate healing. And that ultimate healing, eternal healing that Jesus worked for us happened on the cross. And on that cross, Jesus suffered the final eternal consequence of our sin. 
He endured the full punishment of our sin for us. And he endured the full wrath of God in our place. And he satisfied the judgment of God against our sin. He was our propitiation. And we read in Isaiah 53, 5, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought, that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. And the healing that Jesus gives us was authenticated by his resurrection from the dead. That through his resurrection, we have the promise that all of his work, his perfect life, his sacrifice on the cross, all his work, all of it is for us. He promises that we shall rise just as he rose. He promises that we shall also live with him in heaven forever. What's behind this promise of salvation? What's behind it? The power and the authority of his word is behind it. The same word that created the whole universe out of nothing the same word that continues to sustain and keep all things in existence, that very word became flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary. That holy word revealed himself in Capernaum with power and authority. And all things are possible with his word. All things are possible with his word. And by the power of his word joined to the water of baptism, Jesus joins us to him. He joins us to him in his life, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. And the punishment that he endured on the cross was credited to our account. And his burial becomes our burial, and his resurrection assures us that we too will rise from the dead with him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. And by the power of his word, he gives us his true body and blood under bread and wine for us Christians to eat and to drink. And through the sacrament, he offers forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And he strengthens us in one true faith that leads to everlasting. And through his word, the Holy Spirit changes unbelieving enemies of God into faithful children. We cannot produce faith on our own or on anyone else's. Amen? We cannot produce faith on our own or in anyone else. Instead, the Holy Spirit calls us by God's word. He gathers us all together in one holy church that is eternally united with Jesus Christ. 
Christ's word. Christ's word is powerful. It has what we need. It does what it says. Christ's word has power and authority. The power and authority to rebuke demons. The power and authority to rebuke fevers. And the power and authority to save your soul. In the name of Jesus, amen.